welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Hi there, and welcome to episode 249 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, I have a fun episode for you. If you are somebody who suffers from FOMO, particularly when it comes to food, then this is the episode for you. I hear you. I suffer from a lot of food FOMO. If my brain had its way, (laughs) it would be allowed to eat anything and everything. I love food. I get excited about different foods. I spend a lot of time thinking about cooking and different types of food, different styles of cooking. And I love to eat really good food. I also love to eat not as good food. And so the concept of FOMO, where your fear of missing out, when you start weight loss and you're working on your weight and on this side, you're like, ah, but all this other stuff I don't get to eat. And what about normal people, quote unquote, normal people, and they get to eat all that. And why don't I? That's food FOMO. And we're going to talk about it today about how you can approach it and how you can shift how you're thinking about food to not only let go of the FOMO, but also then set yourself up for a lot more success and a lot more enjoyment in your weight loss journey. So let's talk about food FOMO. When I'm recording this episode, it's making me chuckle because I have a friend who is notorious for her FOMO. Like we can get her to do almost anything or say yes to almost anything if she thinks she's going to miss out on something. And so recording an episode about food FOMO, I'm definitely thinking about her and kind of laughing because we have a lot of fun with her FOMO. So let's have fun with food FOMO. And It really comes down to when we're talking about food FOMO is it's not just about if you want to lose weight, how do you not eat food that we've tried that, right? Like that's diets. It's okay. I can't eat this food. How do I get myself to do that? I just try and hang in there. And then at some point I say, screw it. And I go back to the food. It's because we're missing a piece. We're missing the experience around the food decisions. So diets haven't taught us that we can actually be in control of our food experiences. And that's why I wanted to record this episode for you, because it really is about designing your own food experience. It's not just choosing which foods you want to eat and not eat. It's how do I want to feel when I'm making those choices? Do I want to have FOMO? Do I want to be over here eating my healthy food and gazing at the people eating bread and wishing I could be one of them? 
And is that actually going to be successful for me if that's how I choose to approach my weight? The more you empower yourself in the experience that you have on all the little decisions you make in your weight loss journey, the more successful you are going to be. Success in your weight loss is not made from one decision. It's not like I cut this out and then magical music and fairy godmothers and unicorns and I am fixed. That's not the way, right? We have tried. Success in your weight loss means you make a lot of small decisions every single day consistently. And if you can hack them so that you actually enjoy the decisions you are making, where they feel good, you will be more successful. I just want to repeat that is that the success is not going to come on what decision you should make. There's a million decisions you could make that will support you in your weight loss. Long-term success is going to come on choosing to change the experience you have when you make those decisions so you can make more of those small decisions on a more consistent basis to get to your goals. I think that's a really important point that's often missed. And this is really what coaching does for Wade. And when we're working inside Thrive Academy, this is what we're working on. And it's what I get really psyched up about. I don't know if you can tell. I'm a little jazzed, (laughs) a little psyched up because this, if you can start working on this, if you can start taking ownership of that experience you have around everything related to your weight, not just what to do, but how you want to experience it, that changes the game. And it's what I'm really good at. And honestly, when I started to realize that this was important and that this was possible, For so many years when I was struggling with my weight, I didn't know that I had a choice over what my experience would be. I thought the experience was a default. It had to feel hard. It had to feel like I was missing out. And when I realized, holy crap, that's not actually true. I don't have to feel that way. Everything changed. So if you're a physician and you're listening to this and that sounds good, come learn more about Thrive Academy for Physicians because it would be a fantastic opportunity for you. I can teach you how to do this with a very high level of support so that you learn how to do it in your life with your specific challenges. Head over to thrivephysicians.ca to learn more about Thrive Academy for Physicians and you can submit your application there. Okay, let's talk about FOMO. Really at the core of it, right, is FOMO is the idea that there is something better on the other side. So while I was preparing this podcast episode, I was picturing being in the backyard. And it's like, there's this idea that there's something better on the other side of the fence. And you're over in your yard feeling like it has to look this way in order to lose weight. And you're picturing your neighbors having this amazing time over in their yard, not having to worry about any of it. And that gives you FOMO where you're like, oh, I wish I could be over there. Why do I have to be here? Picture it like you're in your yard. You're having a nice meal with your family. And across the fence, your neighbors are having a get together with a bunch of your friends and you can hear them and it sounds like they're having a lot of fun. And in that moment, the dinner you're having with your family doesn't feel as nice and you wish that you could be over there at the party with your friends. Now picture this, if that friend party wasn't happening or you didn't know it was happening, maybe it was happening somewhere else off site. Your experience of your family dinner would be very different. 
you would be enjoying it. It may feel amazing, like the best dinner ever, because you're not comparing it to something else. This is the core of food FOMO. When you're comparing what you're eating to maintain your health, to manage your weight, to feel your best with something else that you automatically assume is better, what you are eating will always feel less. You will always feel like you're missing out, not because of what you're eating. This is super, super important. It's because of how you're comparing it. That's what creates the FOMO. So just trying to like live with the FOMO and accept that, okay, this is just what it's like to lose weight is we just have to say no to food and wish we could eat the food and watch other people eat the food and kind of drool while we're watching them. And that's just the way it needs to be. That is not going to result in long-term stability, right? At some point, you're going to be like, dang it, I'm jumping the fence and I'm going to the party. It's been a busy week. I'm exhausted. I saw so many patients this week. I'm jumping the darn fence and I'm ripping it up, right? You'll say sayonara to the family dinner (laughs) and head over to the neighbor's party. But if we can learn to let go of the FOMO and work on why it's there in the first place, how we can change your thoughts around the food so that you don't even have to deal with it, It would be like sitting there enjoying that family dinner in a little bubble where you had no awareness that a party was even happening outside and there was nothing else to compare that dinner with. You could just enjoy it for what it was. That creates more stability and long-term sustainability. So when we're talking about how do you actually shift out of FOMO, number one is, I've already mentioned this, but FOMO is caused by the thoughts and that comparison between the foods you're choosing to eat and you're choosing to not eat. It is not caused by the foods itself. I think a really good example of this is when somebody makes dietary decisions based on social or religious reasons, like if somebody chooses to be vegan or chooses to limit foods for a religious reason, often they are not sitting there making those decisions, wishing they could still be eating that food. They have a very strong set of thoughts and ideals around why they're making that decision. And it doesn't feel restrictive to them. It's just a decision they make. They don't have to have FOMO for the food they're saying no to. So I like the vegan example because eating vegan is actually quite restrictive. When we look at it, you're saying no to a lot of different foods if you eat vegan. But how you experience it, if you experience it as feeling restrictive versus feeling amazing and you love it and you love how you feel and you love all the other elements of it, comes down to how you think about it. So regardless of what way you're eating, regardless of what food decisions you're making, what matters on whether or not you're going to have FOMO about the food decision or not is how you think about it. It's how you think about the foods you are eating and how you're thinking about the foods that you don't eat. And when you can learn that and realize it's not coming from the food itself, that is really, really empowering. Number two is the junk food and the food that you're trying to say no to is not a party you were not invited to, right? That's where you get that FOMO kicking in when you're like, Oh, it's like everybody got to go there and I didn't get to go. That food is a party you were invited to. You've been invited to every single day. Maybe you're getting multiple invites per day, if you know what I mean. And you're choosing to decline. Notice how that feels different. 
It's not, I wish I could eat that and I can't. That's going to create FOMO. I actually had a little bit of this recently because we were just on a long road trip and there's a lot of things we could eat low carb, but like desserts, it's hard to find low carb desserts in small communities. And I had a little day of feeling sorry for ourselves. And then we went and we went to a grocery store and I bought some low carb ice cream and I felt better. But I had a little bit of that, like, everybody else can order desserts at the restaurants. Why can't I? (laughs) Feeling and it didn't feel good. It wasn't helpful. But sharing that it still comes back and that's totally fine. But if you think that it's you can't and you weren't invited, it's going to kick up the FOMO. So instead view it, which is more truthful, is I was invited. I could go get that food anytime I want. I am choosing to decline this invitation. And I find it really helpful to view the declining of the invitation on a limited basis, meaning it's not that I'm choosing that I am never, ever, ever going to this party or eating that food. It means in this moment, I'm saying, you know what, not today or not right now. I'm choosing to decline in this moment. And I don't have to worry about FOMO because I know I was invited. I could go have it, but I'm choosing to decline and here are my reasons. So that takes having a little bit of a conversation with yourself about why is it that you don't want to eat everything you ever could eat? And that might take a little bit of time thinking about those and coming up with reasons that really matter to you. But the reality is there are reasons why we don't eat everything we could eat. And also an equal reality is we never eat everything we could eat, no matter how out of control you have felt with your eating. Even if you have binge eating and you've had really big binges, you still stop at some point. There is always more food available in our environment. And there's always some line where we choose to stop eating or we aren't eating everything that we possibly could have access to. Acknowledging that I think can help find those reasons of, okay, well, you know, yeah, maybe I eat this amount of this food that doesn't help with my weight, but why is it that I don't eat more? Or why is it that I'm not eating this food at 7 a.m., but I'll eat it at 5 p.m.? Being curious, you'll notice that's not like, oh, why are you eating this at 5 p.m.? Blaming yourself. It's being curious and being like, okay, like I notice there's patterns to this. And if I pictured waking up at 2 a.m., would I want to eat this food? Or if I get called out of the house at 5 a.m. to go to the hospital, would I be wanting to eat this food then? And if not, why? And could I use that thinking? Could I use those reasons, maybe modified a little bit later in the day as to, yeah, I totally could eat it later in the day, just like I could eat it at 7 a.m. But here's why I might not want to. Playing around with that and really looking for your reasons makes a huge difference. And it's going to be a learning curve and they may need to shift and change over time. But recognizing that the reasons why you might choose to decline an invitation is a really important key to changing your experience when you're making a food decision. It's important to be on the both both sides of that though, of the empowering food decision is could totally have that. I am allowed to have that. You'll notice my example of when I was feeling sorry for myself about the desserts. I wasn't saying I could totally have anything in this grocery store. I was like walking around, oh, why can't grocery stores have more low carb options? I was feeling sorry for myself. But if you go in, you're like, I could have anything in this grocery store, but why might I not want to have everything that feels better? It's an experience focused approach to making your food decisions. Okay. Number three is I want to talk about pedestal foods. 
haven't talked about these for a while, but basically our mind can put foods up on a pedestal and it can make it then (laughs) enhance FOMO. If this food's up on this pedestal seeming so wonderful, so amazing, and then other people are eating it and you're choosing not to, it can feel like you're missing out. And so recognizing where your brain is putting foods on a pedestal and learning the skill of how do I bring it down? Do I actually want that food to be up on a pedestal? Or maybe do I want to put other food up on a pedestal? So for me, French fries up on a pedestal for years and years of my life. And the thoughts that put it up on that pedestal are like, oh, they're so good and crunchy and hot and salty and all these different thoughts that made it so alluring. Now, the interesting thing is the reality of most times when I have French fries is they're not all those things, right? The idea of the food is often better than the actual food. And I think that's true of a lot of pedestal foods. I remember wagon wheels. I don't know if they're called the same thing in the States, but as a kid, there was something I didn't, we never got. They were like a packaged food product. We did not have a lot of them. And we'd sometimes get them in our trick-or-treat bags on Halloween. And they were so delicious and so lovely. And so then once I was an adult and could buy my own groceries, and sometimes we'd see them on sale, it was like tempting. I'm like, oh, that's going to be so good. And I bought them, I can't tell you how many times, thinking they'd be amazing. And every time I ate them, they were like, meh. These just, they're missing something. They're not what they used to be. And yet I'd continue to eat them because my brain had put them up on the pedestal and the idea of not eating them was this fear of missing out. So ask yourself, what foods do you have up on the pedestal? What thoughts are putting them up there that make them feel so alluring? And are those thoughts actually realistic? Do they match with the realities of when you do eat those foods? Or are there maybe you know, some negative sides to those foods that if you reminded yourself about, it might move them down off that pedestal a little bit. And so number four is you will always be missing out on something. This is a fact of life. When you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. Everything in your life means you are missing out on something. And so it's not a factor of can we avoid missing out. It's a factor of being intentional on what you want to miss out on. When it comes to food, you might be afraid of missing out on this delicious food or this comfort food that you're so used to. But the reality is when you say yes to that food, you might be missing out on physical wellness, physical comfort, a feeling of success, might be missing out on building momentum towards your goal. You're missing out on something. And if we recognize that there's missing out on both sides, you get to be intentional with what you want to miss out on. So sometimes seeing a tempting food and choosing not to eat it in a really empowered way where the experience feels good to you will have much less importance of missing out than if you were to just go ahead and eat it because you didn't want the discomfort of saying no to it. So this is a skill, learning to say no to food and not experiencing a whole bunch of discomfort with it is a skill. And it takes practice. And it's a skill we weren't taught in medical school. Diets haven't taught us how do you actually do this. This is like my powerhouse, though. This is what I love to do. And I love to help physicians with of can we take these things that are so 
fraught with memories of restriction and struggle? And can we completely change the whole experience? And by doing it, create so much more momentum towards your goals. If that sounds amazing to you and you are ready to do weight loss differently, you want to learn skills that actually let it last, give you confidence that you have sustainable skills that will help you manage your weight lifelong, then Thrive Academy for Physicians is a program that will help you do it. It will literally change your life. Not only will you learn totally different skills about how to manage your eating weight, but also your whole life will get better. Your days will feel better. You will feel less stressed out by the office. You will enjoy your time with your kids more. You will feel more connected with your partner. There's so many layers to improvement with this when we approach weight from a really positive, very experience-focused place. Head over to thrivephysicians.ca to learn more and submit your application. All right, have a fantastic day, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.